those are two of the men that I love the most in the world, and I have the privilege of being introduced by them. Thank you very much, Stan. Thank you, Mark. I love you guys to the, to the moon and back a million times, and I love doing life with you. It's awesome to be here. Thank you to the elders of Glenridge for having me. Um, I've never drunk in my life because I think I'm an alcoholic. I really do. I do. Uh, just to tell you that um, I had an accident with my father. My father was drunk when I was 14 years old, and we rolled a car and went down an embankment. And I got out of the car that day, and I said I'd never have a drink in my life. And uh, when I was very sick, about um, 18 months ago, all I wanted to do was get drunk. I had this insatiable desire to get drunk. And I said to my wife, you can't trust me, I'm going to go and get drunk. And I had to go and see a psychologist, or actually a psychiatrist, and I said, I've got this insatiable desire to drink. And um, she said, do you have a spiritual issue with drink? I said, no, I don't. She said, do you have a moral issue with drink? I said, no, I don't. And she said, when did you decide not to drink? I said, after a car accident. She said, no, you've actually got a rebellion against alcohol. And uh, she said, you've been rebelling for 36 years. And um, we need to bring that rebellion to Jesus. And uh, she got up and she walked around the desk and she sat down next to me. I said, I know what you're doing now. You're removing the desk and us. I said, yes. She said, yes, I am. I said, I do this for a living. She said, I know that. <laughs> and she said, say this with me, Jesus. I said, Jesus. She said, please take this rebellion of alcohol away from me. And I said, please take it away. And it just lifted off, my, just lifted off from me. And I've never battled since. Now, I know some of you in this room are alcoholics. But the Bible talks about wine. And so we have to talk about wine. And we sang a song just now about the new wine and the new power. Now, I'm not much of a, a, a fundi on wine, but um, if this is the better wine, then you may shout yes. If this is the better wine, then you may shout yes. Okay? Yes! Yes! You know what, eh? They say there's an idiot in every village. <laughs> an idiot in every village. Okay, let's try that again. Let's have a big one. Okay, we can see which is the better wine, eh? Because it's older, uh, it's, uh, it's much more expensive, and this, um, this has just got like a screw top, and this has got a cork. So I don't know what that means, but th there's old wine and new wine there. Let's put the scripture up, please. I want to prophesy over Glenridge, over the rock, over the bluff. Amen. Let's put the scripture up. Have you got it? Tabs, Luke 5. Mm, now. Mm, now. Okay. Yeah, they say I only work on Sundays half the time with my eyes closed. Let's pray. <laughs> yeah. Where's the scripture? You asked for it, bro. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Say after this. Say after this. Today is the first day of spring, and we can put the context in place. But sometimes God just says after this. Say after this. After tonight. After this. After this day. After tonight. After this season, after, season. after Chris Vinant, after, after Rory Dyer, after, 
After Ryan Matthews. Today, God is doing a new thing. God is doing the new thing. This, t- today is the beginning of spring. Today is a memental day in Durban's history. I don't know why, but I believe that. A lady I've trusted my whole life, Bev van der Valt, got up here today. She said, this is a new day today. Say, after this. I'm going to just share four things with you today. That's all. Four things. He calls me. He heals me. He loves me. He fills me. Four things. Very simple. I will preach for 25 minutes. He calls me. He heals me. He loves me. He fills me. And then we're going to go home. After this. Say after this. Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said, and Levi got up. Say, got up. Left everything and followed him. Say, got up. Left everything and followed him. There is a new call, friends, over Durban to get up, to leave everything and to follow him. Amen. Amen. I got birthed into a radical church with radical men and women that were prepared to give up their jobs, give up their careers, move to foreign countries because Jesus called them. You know, there used to be very important people before some of you millennials were born. They used to be called doctors and lawyers. And they had these things on their belts. It was only for important people. Before the cell phone, I know there was a time before the cell phone, you can't imagine it, but there was. BC, before cell phones. Okay. And, and, and then the, you'd be sitting, and then it'd go, and the guy would like, you'd check down like that, said, sorry, got to make a phone call. How's it? I, I, the hospital, emergency, put the phone down, rush. Zoot off to the hospital because they were on. They were on call. I went the other day to a dinner party held by an orthopedic surgeon, and he invited 20 of his friends. So he was a friend. He was a husband. His wife was there. He was a host. And he was a doctor. And we're sitting in this incredible environment having this amazing meal. And I see his phone ringing. I'm thinking, that's a little bit rude. His phone's ringing. And he looks at it and he turns it off. And then his phone rings again and he says, sorry, excuse me. And he gets it up and he goes outside and he starts talking. I see his hands moving. I said, what's happening, doc? He said, no, that was the hospital. I'm on call because I've got patients in ICU. And at that moment, I realized we are not on call when we want to be on call. We are on call all the time. You can't turn off your cell phone. You can't turn off your buzzer. You might be a father, you might be a lawyer, you might be a doctor, you might be a pastor, you might be a husband, but you're on call. He left everything. And he followed him. And friends, the the, the foundation of this church was rooted in people leaving behind the things of the world to follow Christ. Excuse me for saying this, if you know this illustration... But many years ago, God showed me a picture on the beach of people getting baptized. And as I got baptized, they took off their watches, they took out their wallets, they took out their car keys, and they put them down on the beach, and they went and got baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. And I remember clearly that day God said to me, when you get baptized, you get baptized with your watch, your wallet, and your car keys. It all goes down under the glory of God. Amen? That's what we were birthed in. Everything. Absolutely everything. If God said this to you, Craig... This is my wallet. This is my resource. This is what I have available to you. How much of that would you take? The whole lot. All of it. The whole lot. From the bluff. Safest place on a Saturday night is the bluff. They're all in town. It's all right, cheese, Oaks. Okay, take it. Now take the money. You don't have my pin. Take the money. There's more money. Are you squeezing it? No, I'm not squeezing it. This is my personal card. The code, you can write it down. It's 72133. Write it down. 72133. You can spend 20,000 Rand blessing your family. And when you've spent the 20,000 Rand, send the card back to me. Because when I was in this church and I got saved, God told me that I must take my watch and my wallet and my car keys and I must put it under the water. I must follow him. And when I was worshiping tonight, I felt God say, I must bless you. Wow. Say after this. He got up. He left everything. And he followed him. Let's keep reading. Then Levi held a great banquet. Say great banquet. If you close your eyes right now and I said to you, can you remember the last 10 sermons at the rock? You'll probably say no. If I said, can you remember the last 10 sermons at Glenridge? You'll probably say no. If I said to you, can you remember your last five favorite meals? You'll say yes every time. Because the kingdom of God is built around a table, not around a pulpit. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the right, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The second thing we see here is that Jesus is a doctor. My mother has just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And she got diagnosed by a GP. And so he said, there's something wrong here. We need CAT scans. And then she had the CAT scan. And they sent her to a specialist physician in Pretty And then he said, you need to go to a specialist doctor in Durban who's a member of Glenridge Church, who I had the privilege of preaching to for nearly 15 years. And he's an expert in pancreatic cancer. And about three weeks ago, my mom went under the knife and she had half her pancreas taken out and her whole spleen taken out under a very specialized surgeon. They call the pancreas the lion's den. And most people say when you have pancreatic cancer, you're dead unless you come into contact with the right doctor at the right time. Amen? And she was meant to be in hospital for three weeks. But actually, when she woke up, as she woke up, she said, Boy, Jesus came to visit me in the theater and he reached out his hand and he said, Peace, my daughter, under the knife of a Glenridge surgeon. And after six days, she was home. And she looks better than she's ever looked in her life. 
absolutely unbelievable. The thing that I take out of it, the Bible says we are one body, many parts. I realize you can live without a spleen. So I'm asking God to take all the spleens out of my church <laughs> to, to remove them. You know, Ray Way, who's an ophthalmologist, he's an eye specialist. We were in Bloemfontein one year at a conference, and everybody was running and dancing and jumping. I told this story at, at 3CI, and I said, um, and actually somebody tripped and broke their leg. Absolutely no chance of that happening at 3CI. This is uh, Afrikaans charismatic. And if they like hit full charismatic mode. <laughs> but anyway, I used to be part of a group of people that were wild for Jesus, you know. So running was wild. And so they were running and this guy broke his leg. So they asked, are there any doctors in the house? Uh, Ray Way, are you on call? Ophthalmologist. So Rayway said, absolutely. So he raced there to see this guy. And then he came back. I said, Ray, what happened? He said, I looked at his eyes. His eyes were fine. So I said, to him, <laughs> 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 his eyes were perfect. I said, what was wrong? He said, he's got a broken leg. That's not my speciality. <laughs> Say this, Jesus came for the sick. This church was not called to the righteous, but to the wicked. These churches in Durban were not called friends to the religious. They were called to those irreligious people, those wild people, those party animals, those people who hold banquets. And at those banquets is whiskey and cigars and wild living. That's what this church was called to. It was called to touch the fringes of the society, the arts and the sports world and the business world. That's what these churches were called to. That's how the rock was birthed. That's why God touched the bluff. I'll tell you where the bluff was birthed. You guys don't even know this, but I was in a rental car in Cape Town with my wife and Mike and Nikki Ward. We were sitting at a place, at a rental place, and Mike Ward said to me, we need to plant a church on the bluff, Rory. And my heart started to race because the bluff needs the gospel of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I want to tell you, friends, we have a doctor in heaven who not only specializes in eyes and ears and noses and throats and pancreases and spleens, but he specializes in sin. He is the greatest surgeon who can take out cancerous growths out of our souls and out of our minds and of our thought lives and out of our past, like a skilled surgeon, like Emil Lutz. Remove the cancer from my mother's pancreas so can Christ the doctor remove the sin from your life. Amen. How many of you are sick tonight? Why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? We've got, we've got the head of the Spinal Society of South Africa in our church. We, we went to a, a meeting one day, 
and the pastor, they carried the pastor up on the stage because his back was so sore. And the only place they could do the operation was in America and with one of the doctors in our church. And so Clint knows the doctor, so he SMSed him. He said, there's a pastor in Joburg who needs an operation. Three days later, he was on an operating table. Six days later, he was walking again. Now he's running marathons. Because a good doctor knows how to get to the root of the problem. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for every single one of these men and women standing, Patrick Kenny, the Wegelies, Justin. Let's pray for every single one of these people standing, Lord, and say, this church will be known for four things. People who are called, people who are healed, people who are loved, and people who are filled. And I pray, Lord God, that a healing would break out over this church, over the churches represented here. Lord, I pray for the brokenness of the bluff, the spiritual brokenness, the economic brokenness, Lord God, the emotional brokenness. I pray, mighty God, that you would do a deep work right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let's keep reading, if you don't mind. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so did the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the guests of the bridegroom, say bridegroom, can you make the breasts of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from him, and those days they will fast. He told in this parable, no one tears a patch from a, from a new garment and sews it on an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine, say new wine. The new wine is the gospel, into old wineskins, forms, traditions, loyalties. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out, and wineskins will be ruined. No new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants a new, for he says... The old is better. You know, the only, the only instrument not mentioned in the Bible is the organ. And where I live in Pretoria, the only instrument people know is the organ. That's how they grew up. So when they hear a guitar and a trumpet and cymbals, they say the old is better. The organ is better. And so they have to develop a new wineskin that can handle freedom. Not because of some charismatic Englishman from Durban, but because the Psalms talk about being clamorously foolish before God. It talks about musical instruments. It talks about cymbals and harps and lyres. It talks about lifting your hands and spinning around fervently. Can you have a wineskin that can handle the new wine of God? God wants to bring healing to this nation. He wants to bring power through this church. He wants to release financial blessing. Do you have a wineskin that can handle a new wine? When last did you give your credit card to somebody and say, spend it and I trust you? Because God's had to say to me again, I want your watch again, and I want your wallet again, and I want your car keys again. In fact, somebody in this room owns my car because God told me to give it away. Because I'm 51 years old and I don't want the wine to stop flowing through my life. Amen? We can't retire, friends. 
This church was never birthed, and all of you that have come out of here, was never birthed in a retirement mode. It was birthed in a radical serving of Christ. We were radically forgiving. We were radically generous. We were radically servant-hearted. We were radically sacrificial. Not because some charismatic person with veins in their neck was sticking up here, but because we saw it in Christ. We saw it in Christ. I don't believe you ever have to talk about money. You just have to talk about Jesus, and you will raise up a generous people. Bring your stuff again before God, friends. Number one, He calls me. I get up, I leave everything, and I follow Him. Number two, He heals me. Number three, He loves me. He is the bridegroom. He is the bridegroom. And I've never heard a bridegroom stand up at his wedding and not gush from the depths of his heart, most times with tears, sometimes trembling, sometimes dropping his notes. But I've never heard a bridegroom not gush over his bride. You know, friends, they say the greatest needs of humankind are four things. To be loved, to be clean, to be whole, and to be free. To be loved, to be clean, to be whole, and to be free. And I believe Jesus speaks all four of those things over our lives. To be loved, to be clean, to be whole, and to be free. You know what it says in Jeremiah? It says, does a bride ever forget her jewelry or her makeup? Have you ever seen a bride forget her jewelry or makeup? Never. But Jesus says, even if you do, I will be your makeup. So not only is he your bridegroom, he's also your makeup. So when you walk down the aisle, every wrinkle, every blemish, every spot, every deficiency, which people get paid thousands of rand to do on a bride to make sure that the pimple that pops up the day before your wedding gets hidden with miraculous makeup. Jesus says, not only will I marry you, but I'll make you up as well. Amen? That means it doesn't matter how they walk through the door. Dirty, debauched, disgusting, despicable. It doesn't matter how they work through the door. The bride will love them enough till they're clean and free and whole. Amen? Simple preach. You'll just remember four things. He called me. He healed me. He loves me. And he fills me. Christian, come and stand here, please. I know this looks funny, but I've watched this man all weekend. And this is the picture of the new wineskin. This is a radical, passionate, strong, fit, healthy, courageous man. Afrikaans man in an English church. He has broken the barriers that this church and the churches that are represented here were designed to break. The barrier between married and single, the barrier between women and men, the barrier between black and white. He is standing here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Let God do this. Are you ready? Are you ready to be the new wineskin in which God pours his wine through?
my salary up to the building fund. I've lived by faith. This, year, this week, I won 20,000 rand in a competition. I got to the place where in the beginning of July, for the first time in, the, in my whole life, a payment on my bank account bounced. The first time in my whole life, my medical aid bounced and I had to do some shuffling and shotting and move my credit card into my bank account so I could push my medical aid through. And we drove to church and our car was empty and we did not have one cent in the bank. And I said to Mel, we, for the first time in a long time, we have to trust God to fill our car up with petrol. And I said, Lord, will you give us a thousand rand, please, Lord Jesus. And we went to church and I kind of looked at everybody thinking, <laughs> is it you? <laughs> Could it be you? He kind of hang around all the rich guys. Hi, how you doing? How's your day been? And I came and went and nothing happened. And I got into an aeroplane with Clint and I flew down to Durban and we hired a car and I went to go and preach in Kloof. And when I finished preaching in Kloof at nine o'clock on a Sunday night with my wife in Pretoria, a Glenridge couple called Elaine and Rolston who used to travel every single Sunday for many, many, many years from Kloof to Glenridge because they felt God called them here. Say called. called. Not when you want to. Can't turn it on and off. Every Sunday they drove down here. And as I walked out of the hall in Kloof, Rolston came up to me and said, Hey Rory, very strange thing. We were praying for you today for this meeting and we felt like we need to give you some money. 1,000 rand. One thousand rand. I just want a trip to the World Cup. Because, because I've tried, I've said, God, please will you break my old wineskin. Please will you make this wineskin new, Lord, that I have the capacity to do what you've called us to do. There are church plants in here. There are entrepreneurs in here. There are inventors and professors sitting here. Open your hearts wide. Let this be a prophetic sign. Lift your hands. Because God says over this church, I am going to start pouring new wine. I am going to start pouring new wine. I am going to start pouring new wine. Fill this man, Lord God. Fill this man, Lord. Fill this man, Lord. Fill him, Lord, with your power. Fill him with your grace. Fill him with your love, Lord God. Fill him, Lord God. Fill him, Lord God. Fill him. Let this be a sign and a testimony, Lord God. Fill him, 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 Lord God. More and more and more and more and more and more. Pour it over him, Lord God. Pour it over him. Let your power and your kingdom and your authority come over him, Lord God. Lord God, I ask that you break, you break, I ask that you break the old wineskins, Lord God. You break the old wineskins, Lord God. You break the old wineskins over this church, Lord God. And you pour out new wine, Lord God. New wine, Lord God. New radicalness, Lord God.
A radicalness, Lord God. A radicalness, Lord God. Oh, Father, I pray any old thinking in my mind. Unforgiveness, Lord God. Bitterness, gossip, slander, Lord God. Hurt from the past, Lord God. Old ways of doing things. I pray that you would break them, Lord. And that you would pour new wine. New wine. Over new wineskins. Oh Lord God, there's something inside of me that says the old is better. The old Glenridge is better. Oh, but no Lord God, the new Glenridge is going to be much better. The new rock is going to be much better, Lord God. Much better, Lord God. Say this with me. He calls me. He heals me. He loves me. He fills me. In Jesus' name. Amen.